0: I have several life verses that I take with me and have shaped me over the years. Today's scripture passage is one of those life verses. I want to read a couple of passages, a couple of specific verses from 1 Peter chapter 3. I want you to think about what your life verse might be as well. As we conclude this series on renewal, we're thinking about our prayers and our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness as means of experiencing God's grace in this world and as means for others to experience God's grace through us. Today is a very special day. Yes, it is Thanksgiving Sunday. It is a tremendous joy each time we the worship team uh, sets everything up to remind us of God's glorious bounty and all the gifts that come from God. It is also Christ the King Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the Christian calendar year. As Lucas indicated, next Sunday is a new year. We'll be saying Happy New Year to each other and confusing each other about what that means in December. But it's Christ the King Sunday. What we're acknowledging is that the God who created the cosmos put his own son in charge of the entire universe And the one who cares so much about the cosmos and holds those things together, also cares enough to hold us together by His grace. So we're celebrating that Christ is King of all things. And because our King wore a different kind of crown, one that was made of thorns, And because our king was not elevated on a throne, but on a cross, today we return thanks. Today we return thanks that we don't have to figure this out on our own. Today we return thanks to say that we don't have to have it all figured out, all of our theology, all of life, our relationships, our finances, but that by faith we can put our loaves and fish in the hands of a master who will multiply it to feed so many. That is our great hope, friends. And so from 1 Peter, we read these words. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and with reverence. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands an account for the hope that is within you but always give it with gentleness and with reverence. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If we will be so daring to make a pledge with our prayers and our presence and our gifts and our service and our witness, then renewal is imminent. It will come. It will come for you individually. It will come to your family. It will come to our congregation and to our community. It's a covenant we're making together. Marriage is a covenant as well. It's one of those things that God has set in motion for two very special people in our congregation, Lloyd and Amy Strickland. They have a witness to share. I invite them to come share it now at this time. Lloyd and Amy.
1: Good morning. I feel like most of you know us, but for those who don't, I'm Amy Strickland, and this is my husband, Lloyd. Our friends also know that I decided I would speak first, because if I didn't, I might not get a turn at the microphone. (laughs) In fact, we'll be lucky if Jay gets the pulpit back. We are asked to speak about witness today, and I suspect Jay had in mind for us to discuss our witness to others, or more importantly, others' witness to us. If I talk to you about all the love and support we receive from our close friends, members of this church, the staff, the choir, Sunday school, and Stephen ministry, and of course our wonderful families, then Lloyd won't get a chance to speak. Twenty years ago, many of you witnessed our courtship, marriage, and eventually babies, Daniel, then Lucy, who are now grown. Then came the spiral of addiction, which led to our split and ultimately divorce. Six months ago, many of you witnessed our remarriage, which was certainly a renewal of trust, faith, and love. Dr. Borders graciously reminded us during that wedding ceremony of Jesus' transforming love. We are thankful for that love of Jesus that brought us back to this place, this sanctuary, on May 11th, 2019 to marry again. That's a little more where I want to lead you to contemplate this place, this sanctuary, our fellowship hall and these classrooms, this place where the body of believers stands up and helps one another, easing them through the joys and pains of life. This sanctuary has witnessed our two weddings, baptism and confirmation of our precious children, the sting of betrayal, the pain of loss during the division of our family. It has witnessed the funerals of beloved parents, friends, and saints from this congregation who led and nurtured us. These pews, columns, and hallways, along with the relationships created, have always brought me back to the assurance that God loves me despite what the world says or even when my own thoughts bring me down. Most assuredly, the people in this church have brought us through the twists and turns that life inevitably doles out. But also, this actual edifice has held me. I have prayed, cried, and experienced elation standing right here on these marble floors. I always feel God loving me in these buildings. That love might be from the music which teaches me scripture or stirs my emotions. That love might be a hug from someone who has no idea I needed it that day. The kind words, the sunshine through the stained glass, all these things envelop me here and sustain me to not only face but conquer whatever comes next from this world. Despite the hard, painful times, I knew I wanted my children raised in this place with these faithful people because God is among us here. I know that he is. Renewal comes in many forms. For me, walking into this Holy Spirit-filled place where God has placed his love, just waiting on me to accept it, it's a renewal every week. Days here, whether worshiping or serving, have prepared and equipped me to take on another day. I'm not sure that my life has been a witness to anything but pure perseverance, or some might say stubbornness. I can tell you that God witnesses me and to me in this holy space. Through the love of members and staff, through our prayerfully selected music and through this stone and mortar, he is already here witnessing your life. Just listen with renewed hearts for his holy whisper and he will witness to you. Thanks be to God for First United Methodist Church.
2: I was starting to think I wasn't going to get a chance. <laughs> all right, I told the first service, you all going to have to bear with me if I, not if, but when I tear up, there are tears of joy and gratitude. So here we go. Witness, it's what we do. Many people, if not most, think of witnessing as having to get into a conversation with someone, and that makes most people feel uncomfortable. As Joe Moore mentioned a few weeks ago about the woman coming up to her at the cancer center saying it's not what she normally does. Well, it's not something most people normally do. But so many times what we do is our witness to the world outside this church. No words. Bill and Beverly Ellis reminded us the last week of some of those opportunities opportunities as they talked about service respite serving on other boards doing other community service with other organizations gleaning habitat great day of service there's a lot of opportunities for us to witness to the outside world you heard amy mention the various groups of people that have witnessed to her i'm going to throw out names of a few people who have witnessed to me over the years here in this church in ways they probably didn't even know there are a myriad of people but these are just a few that that have have witnessed to me, Dr. Paul Duffy. He was our senior minister in the 70s. He was bishop. He was our bishop in residence. I also knew him as Uncle Paul because I dated his niece for a couple of years when I was in high school. So I had a little bit (laughs) different perspective on him. John Dressler, who was our choir director in the late 70s. John and Mary Ellen Bullard. Jack Horner. Sherilyn Lawson Bryan. My sister, Dana Strickland, who's here in the choir, and it's her birthday today. How about that? (laughs) Um, and my mom, Emmy Jean Strickland. And as it turns out, I'm a witness too. I am living proof of the greatness of God and the miracles he can perform. I know a lot of people will say, wait, what, you? Yeah, I know, but here's why. Why? From 2005 to 2009, several things happened in my life. My father died. I was diagnosed as diabetic. I had a heart procedure that actually deadened parts of the inside of my heart to help with a heart condition I have. I was diagnosed with lymphoma, which is a blood cancer. I had four and a half months of chemo. And in all these things, all I could do was pray and do what the doctors told me to do. Well, somewhere along the way, Amy and I divorced. Um, but the worst disease that got me and almost killed me physically, it literally almost did, you can ask my old doctor here in the choir, was alcoholism. If you wanna experience pain and suffering like no other, and you wanna drag everybody else that you know along with you to experience it too, try alcoholism. I'm happy to say I've been physically sober since July 20th, 2012, and I've been spiritually sober since July 27th, 2012. You see, I had a white light experience um, sometime during the night, and I woke up on the 27th and I felt like a new man. I wrote it down in my journal that I felt different, I felt like a new man. Um, I was a little irritated because I was asleep when it happened, and I missed out on the experience. But, but God did for me what I could not do for myself. He took away a terrible obsession and replaced it with a serenity I don't think I'd ever known. But I had to do something new. I had to surrender to him, let go and let God. I know you've heard that and it's true, let go and let God. So I have a new covenant with God. I'm willing and I know he is. And I have a new covenant with Amy. I'm willing if she is. I can't worry about the past, it's gone. Can't worry about the future, it's not here yet. What I have is today, a gift from God. That's why it's called the present. My covenant calls me to help others whenever I can, no matter their station in life. My my role is not to judge. So if you're struggling, if you know somebody that is, if you just wanna hear a crazy story, call me. I'm willing to help. The church has my number. So a little over seven years ago, I was dwelling in the pits of hell. I really was, I was an oxygen thief. Today, God has renewed me spiritually and has restored my life abundantly. I am the most blessed man I know my sponsor knew how bad my struggle was. He and a lot of other folks weren't sure if I was going to make it, but he was a godsend. He actually has a connection to this church. He told me that God must have something big planned for you. Maybe that's what today is about. So, if you want to be a witness, but don't think you can, just don't really want to, or, or don't think you're worthy, Just keep coming back. Sue Loftus did. God will find a way for you to be a witness. I named some people earlier because looking back on it, they were all witnesses to me related to my alcoholism starting as far back as 40 plus years ago. Yeah, I'm an old guy. Um, God was laying a foundation long before I even knew it. And it happened because of this church Dr. Duffy exemplified grace and compassion in a way I've never experienced. John Dressler taught me to not quit even when things aren't going your way. John and Mary Ellen Bullard taught me compassion and acceptance of others who are struggling. Sherilyn Lawson taught me patience and compassion and bless Lawson's heart, he has lots of patience. (laughs) Jack Corner showed me someone who reached out to a hopeless outcast. Mom taught me grace, unconditional love, and perseverance. My sister taught me love, tough love, and service. And Amy, full of grace and a true witness to what forgiveness is all about. Jesus calls us to go out and make disciples living as an example of Christ. For years, I was a good example of a bad example. You know, we may be the only Bible someone ever sees. The Bible tells us to help the least of these, as Jay talked about last week, and witness to the ends of the earth. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The choir just asked, who will be a witness for my Lord? I will. How about you?
0: Bishop, it takes courage to be a Christian. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it takes courage to be a Christian. Amen? If it's too easy, we're not doing it the right way. Jesus, in my mind, through this renewal series, has been saying, I need you to give some things up, and it'll take a little courage. I'm going to need some more time in your calendar and in your schedule, so make some room for me. I'm going to need you to use the spiritual gifts that you have and and I probably will give you a few more. And I'll need you, says Jesus, to share your financial resources so that others can have food and clothing and shelter and know of my good news as well. To which I'm prone to say, well, I developed those skills and I worked hard for that money. Do you really want me to give them up? to which Jesus says, yes, I do. It takes courage to be a Christian, friends. It takes courage to say yes to Jesus every single day of our lives. Lloyd and Amy, thank you for your courage and for your witness to the hope that is in you and the hope that will win the day. It takes courage to be a Christian because we are called and cleansed, blessed and bathed by the blood of Jesus Christ who willingly gave up everything for us. So what is this renewal card about that we're bringing forward here in just a minute? I hope that you know it's it's about so much more than a budget. We haven't even talked about money. We're talking about matters of the heart, friends. We're talking about connecting with Jesus Christ through our local church to make a difference in our community and beyond. We're talking about committing for one year to pray for this church and for our community and for the staff. We're making a pledge to be present in church because it's the person to our left or our right might need us more than we even realize. We're making a pledge to give some of the first fruits of our own labors for others. We're making a pledge to serve Jesus Christ within the walls of this church and somewhere outside the walls of this church as a way of of balancing our discipleship, and we can help you with that with our First Connect forms. And then the witness portion of the card that I hope you have in front of you is, is quite special. It, it's, where, it's where the rubber meets the road. It, it takes courage. What I'm asking you to do is to consider inviting two people per month to be a part of this family, to be a part of this worship experience, to be a part of your small group, to be a part of what God is doing here at First United Methodist Church. And if you want to really challenge yourself with your witness, I want you to start thinking about that one person who's in your sphere of influence, that one person that you won't give up on for a whole year, someone you can call or text, someone you can pour yourself into, someone you can invite here with you, somebody who will hug you and they don't know the impact of that, somebody who won't give up on you, right? Who's that person? how will you be a witness in their life? That's how, the, that's how the renewal card works. I think if we'll have courage to step forward with our witness right now by making these pledges together, there's no limit to what God will do through us and for us and with us beginning here in Montgomery, Alabama.